Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, my name is Paul Mann and we will be talking about a one-all draw against Cardiff City yesterday in the fourth round of the FA Cup. To, joining me to talk about it, I've been uh, helped and assisted by Matt Lansley. Hi, Matt. Hi, Paul. And I've also been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Pleasure as always, Paul. Yeah, possibly not the most thrilling game, though, yesterday. I think we can all agree on that. It's not one that's got the pulses going. Yeah, I agree. A 1-1 draw against a team in your own division in the fourth round of the FA Cup is not one to uh, set the world alight, unfortunately. No, it was... um, And a replay as well. We can come on to that later. But there were some uh, interesting moments. Obviously, really the whole game for Reading... And other people who are interested in football was for Yakumete scoring his equalising goal in the eighth minute. The emotion that came out of him afterwards. Um, how good was it to see him score yesterday, um, uh, Matt? Oh, it was, br- it, um, it was brilliant. Yeah, um, it was. It was probably pretty much what what he needed. And um, going to the game, I was saying I was saying to my brother when um, when when we're walking to the game, um, it was a big game um, yesterday for Mate because. With, with with almost Elise's breakout performance against Forest, um, with, with where Mate is now being told to play out on the wing, he's got real competition now to to keep him to to, to to or to battle for his place in the team. And given that Elise wasn't even in the squad yesterday, you'd almost start thinking that Bowen's thinking the same. Um, Bowen's thinking that obviously Elise he he could be you know, my first choice winger going forward. So it was really important for Mate, uh, personal reasons, and also for his for his place in the team to really have a good game. And it, he he had an okay game. It wasn't it, it, it wasn't brilliant, but it, it, there, there weren't many standout performances, I don't think, yesterday anyway. But it was brilliant to see him score and the emotion, you, you know, once he scored, it was it was just it was brilliant to see really. So just just really what he needed. Yeah, yeah, totally. After obviously the death of his uh, father, I think it was maybe last Sunday, and um, he revealed uh, on his um, shirt after he lifted up his shirt, and then underneath on the vest, underneath he has uh, Jetempa. That is my French there, Jetempapa, and uh, he still gets burnt. Now, I don't know about you, but I just find these rules frustrating. And I know it's the referee and I know he has to follow the laws of the game. And I understand that it's not the referee's fault. It's the fact that I think the rule isn't right in that situation. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, the rule isn't really right in the situation. I'd I'd agree with you. It's unfortunate for Mayte that that is the rule um, and that the referee's just applying it as, you know, as he's meant to I guess um, I did read that the referee kind of apologised to Mate as he booked him and I'm sure Mate was well aware that he was going to get booked, he knows the rules it's not like, it's not gone past him so he's, he's probably well aware that he's going to get booked there um, I guess the, 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 the issue comes with the issue with the rule being a you know, different in different, uh, different situations so if you were to book a player for example, for taking his shirt off because he scored in the 90th minute. How, how does a referee, or if you put that into the rules to use use common sense, how does the referee then define what common sense is? It just comes down to the referee's opinion. So it's, I mean, it's a tough one for 
for the referees and it's not an easy rule to write, I would imagine, in the sense of uh, if they want to keep the current rule in some form. Um, personally, I would probably go with just getting rid of the rule. I mean, if a player wants to take a shirt off when he scores, as long as he's not delaying the game or you know, giving some kind of sponsorship corporate message afterwards, then is it really a big issue? Probably not, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I guess some people would be saying, I know football is incredibly commercial. Um, it's a huge industry. It's like the biggest moment in a match when the goal and the advertiser that as on the shirt won't be happy with that. I get that, but there's also humans involved here. We're not talking about robots. And if you want to just break down football into a money machine, oh, I personally find that a little bit depressing, even though I know it's probably true. So moving back slightly before the Mayday goal, Cardiff obviously took the lead in the lead the fit in the fifth minute through Patterson. Uh, it was a nice cross from Murphy, and Patterson gets right in between Miazga and McIntyre. What did you think of the goal, Matt? Um, it, was, it was just one of those incredibly frustrating goals to concede because it because it was pretty it was pretty poor pretty poor defending gave away gave away the ball pretty sloppily as, as well I think in the lead up to it. Um, can't remember who it was ex- exactly. Was it? It was Mate. Mate gave the ball. Oh, it was Mate. Yeah, yes. Mate gives it all, gives it away pretty badly. Um, and it's just one of those goals that just happened in slow motion as well. You were just watching it and you were just thinking, no, no, this in, great. <laughs> you could you could just see it. You could see it happening, but it, it was it was pretty poor pretty poor defending but at the start of the game you don't want to give the Cardiff fans anything to, to sing about but yeah it was it was just one of it was just one of those goals it was probably the worst start Bowen could have hoped for it's probably the one thing he would have told a young team um a team that's not played together much to to, to do you know the first thing you make sure it doesn't happen don't go behind in the first you know the first 15 minutes 20 minutes let alone the first five minutes but um but on on the switch side, I thought it's it's good. Resp- it was a good response from Reading anyway. It didn't really it didn't really change change the game overly. But yeah, I think it's good that we're showing character and coming back in matches now. Mm. Obviously, we've done it against Nottingham Forest twice. Um, if you want to listen to the previous podcast, you can uh, see the name of it to make out how why what happened in that match. I think that we kind of I don't know. I didn't really see many chances for us after the Mate goal that was disallowed when it should have actually been given from the rebound from a shot from... Tell me who the shot was. From Aluko. And you kind of think... It was kind of kind of got on top after that. I mean, it's kind of ironic, though, that Mate's first goal was actually offside and was given, and his second was onside and it wasn't given. Um... I don't know. I can't even imagine her going to a game and having fun. We were talking about this before we started, and Matt was saying, just imagine if the first goal from Mato had been disallowed because of VAR. Uh, he goes through all that emotion, and then it's knocked out. <laughs> it's like, no, you haven't. Well, in, 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 in some sense, this, this was the championship version of VAR in effect. <laughs> yeah. It the was a decided was... To, to rule out a perfectly good goal and give a perfectly... Not good goal. <laughs> yeah, 
No, it was strange. It was strange. It disappointed we didn't have any more chances. But what did we make of Iluko now he's just come up, uh, Alex? What did you think of his performance? I don't think Iluko was bad yesterday. Um, I don't think he was great. I don't think he was world beater yesterday either. But I don't think he had a bad game. He certainly still has some element to him, which you can kind of try and prize out in terms of um, performance. He does manage to take players on. He beats players. He does have some nice touches. But the problem is his, his final ball is just way too often. It's just poor. He gives the ball away on simple passes or he'll, you know, look for a player who's not made the, the run which he's expecting, things like that. And it's, it's a, I guess, it's the one word I would use to sum up a Lucas performance yesterday is just frustrating because you can see that he's got some talent. He's not a, he's not a terrible player. Um, but there's just he's lacking in final product, which you know I mean uh, it can apply to a number of our players, um, and that is obviously why some of them are at Reading and not playing higher up. But um, yeah, frustrating is probably the word I would use to sum up Luca yesterday. Just he's, he's enjoyable to watch when he does have the ball until he tries to give the ball to somebody else or do something else with it. On that performance yesterday, where would you put him in relation of order compared to someone like Gareth McCleary or Lucas Boyer? Um, well, it's interesting because he he did seem to play more central yesterday. Um, so I don't even know if I would try and compare him to, to McCleary necessarily or Boyer. But I mean, I don't really see any reason why you wouldn't at least consider having a Luco at the back end of... A, squad for a, for a bench spot. I don't think there's a you know burning reason why he shouldn't be picked into a squad if if we you know if, if we're lacking in an attacking sense going on to it going into a league game. Um but I, I'd probably rate him yeah behind Boyer still um and I mean level maybe with McCleary I guess but I don't really think it's gonna be too uh too relevant in terms of his squad selection, I think he's, he's really only going to get picked in like a, in a pretty major injury crisis at this point. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. I'm talking about end product. Danny Loder, Matt, what? He was another one of those kind of, I'm not quite sure performances. Do you agree? Yeah, well, it, it was, it, it's another chance for him as well to, to, to prove why, you know, maybe, well, no one knows if he does want to move away or if he doesn't. But if 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 he wants to stay and if he wants to stake a claim for a first team spot, it was another, or even for a spot higher up than he is at the moment. Um, it was another chance for him to to prove something, to come out really really show something against against a good team. Um, but again, it was just another performance where it's just slipped him by, and I I, I can't remember. I don't know how many appearances he's got. For us now, it must be about twenty-five. Or I think so. it's about twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, like, I can't even remember a, a, a good performance from him. Obviously, he scored a brilliant goal against Borough at the end of last season, but uh, I, I can't even really remember anything else he did in that game. And it's just time just seems to just pass him by. And he's, he's, you can see he's got talent. You can, you can see that because he's, he's got a nice touch. But it's, it was. It was almost like a Luca. It's just another frustrating performance, um, and like I just can't. I just you just can't see what the hype is about with him. You really, really, you just you can't really. 
Do we think his position? I was talking to Panas earlier, and he was saying maybe he should be a ten instead of a nine. And I can see something in that, maybe. We, we, we've had this conversation for for so long, and I'm pretty sure he has played played as a as a as a ten before for us, and and you still just you, you just don't see anything from him. He comes off from the bench. He's anonymous. He starts. He's anonymous. You know, it's just. My worry, my worry with Loder is he just he he doesn't play like a striker. Mm. He, he so often comes deep to get the ball uh, with his back to goal, and he's not ever really found where you would want a striker to be found. If, whether that's him playing as a nine or a ten, like and breaking into a box as a ten, um, you, you always see him like with his back to goal, thirty yards away from goal. Um, even when he has played up front in a two, it's he, it too often feels like he's trying to drop deep to get the ball, um, which really is quite concerning if you want to see him actually develop into a talent. Um, and I mean, it just if you just look at some of the names which have come out of that, like under 17s World Cup, when that was kind of when he first got his, um, I guess, the, the hype kind of started to build around him a couple of years ago. And if you look at some of the names that have come out and the development that they've gone on in, say, the past 12 to 18 months, and you look at I don't know, for example, Sancho is an obvious one. Um, Foden, again, has played a number of times for City. Even, yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's players in there who haven't necessarily developed at the same rate. But, I mean, Hudson-Odoi, Emil Smith-Rowe at Arsenal has played for Arsenal a number of times. Gibbs-White has played for Wolves a number of times. Brewster's starting in the championship now and looking very good for Swansea. I mean, he didn't score yesterday, but he scored in his first game. Conor Gallagher's played every minute in the championship this season. Um, and yet, Loder hasn't really done anything to give you a reason to think that he should even be making the... I mean, in my opinion, I don't really see why he's making the bench at the minute for us. Um, I don't think he's providing any kind of option on the bench. Um, I think the main point is you just you can't see what he adds. You cannot see what he adds to a team at the moment. What is his talent? What is his one thing that stands out for him? I'm trying to work out what it is. All at his feet, but yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, the main thing that was like highlighted before he became a first team player was he's a very natural finisher. But the problem you've got with him, or at least the problem I think most Reading fans will have with him in that regard is he never actually has the positioning. He's not got the positioning to get himself into those. Uh, moments when he's going to be I able to take even really remember shot. many shots he's taking either. No, it's a very he's got a very very low amount of shots taken compared to say I don't know someone who's got a very high amount of shots taken in our team for example like Mate. Mm. Do you think uh, some of that's confidence though? Right. I mean, I it's sometimes when someone like Mate takes too many shots. Sometimes yes, yeah, they do work out sometimes as well. But I think that um, I don't know. I think sometimes he's just playing too safe. With the ball, yeah, which is fine if you want to keep possession, and that is a key part of playing as a num nine. I get that, but there are sometimes when he could get a shot away. Um, not yesterday, but in previous matches, there wasn't really any chances from yesterday at all. But he's just—I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling. I want him to be good. I want him to play well. I want him to show me something. But I'm not getting that moment that you can sometimes get from young players that you see something like because I've seen from Elise recently. We can go through previous ones who've done something. I mean, Tom McIntyre's come in 
and you can see why people think he's highly rated. There's things about him that stand well, he doesn't out. doesn't look out of place, does he? That's the thing. No. Whereas you watch Loder and you think you don't really, like, you can tell that you're not a first-team player. Whereas with McIntyre, if you put him in the first team, you're not really going to think he's out of place there. Um, yeah, I, my, my main worry with Loder now is that we've had two different managers where he's played a decent number of games. I wouldn't say he's played a, a ton this season, but he's played a decent number of games overall now. And under both managers who've played different systems and different formations, nobody really knows what his main skill is. Nobody really knows what his main talent is still. Um, and he can, I, I'm sure he must look good in training every week. Otherwise, he wouldn't be wouldn't be in the squad and wouldn't be making the bench. But um, there's something there. I swear yeah. there is something there, but I just don't know how unlucky. I mean, once he gets confidence, he could be a much better player. He's not someone who lacks the technique or kind of like ability to pass a ball. He's not. He's got all those things there. So there is something there. I can see why. Yeah, I, I, I think he probably needs to move away. In all honesty, yeah. and I think yeah. he probably. You start. He's, he's probably started to realise. Well, I, I just started to. He probably knows he needs a move now because he's he's at the point where he's probably realising he's not going to break into the first team here on a consistent basis. Um, so he either needs to move to a Premier League team where his development can be aided with better players and better training, um, or he needs to, you know, take a drop down a division and move to a League One team. Can't. Personally, I can't really see him doing that. I think he'll end up at a Premier League team and then getting loaned out to a low championship, top-end League One side. But um, it will be an interesting interesting 18 months or so, I think, for to follow Loda's career once he, I think, inevitably ends up leaving Reading. Yeah, I think they will come good at, at some point. But yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to be at Reading. I think he needs to make that move away because obviously he did decide to leave and then it got blocked by the owner. But as we were talking about Tom McIntyre, I thought he was really good yesterday. Um, but I think maybe a little bit of inexperience with that tackle for the yellow card. And he's feeling the pressure of being the most experienced player in that back four at that moment. Because obviously Miazga went off with the injury, which we'll talk about in a minute. I kind of like, like Tom McIntyre a lot. It's not just because he can head the ball ridiculously well. He was the one yesterday, 92% of uh, his aerial battles he won. He did do that in virtually every single match. He's got a natural gift there. But he's good on the ball. He also, like we mentioned, he set up Mate for that chance when he probably should have scored in the first half. You don't get that from many centre-halves. I think he's got something about him. You can see him as a captain. You can see him moving on from Reading at some point. But I think he's got some quality. Do you think the same, Matt? Oh, 100%. 100%. And he's he's the kind of player, as a fan, you want to see playing for you. You know, everyone knows his history with, with, with Reading Football Club being a season t- ticket holder since he was, was four so years old, I think. You know, ev- everyone wants those kind of players to play for you. And I... I, I in in some sense, yesterday I thought he was a little hard done by because I thought the the first yellow was soft, but then to 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 go in like he did for the second yellow, like you say, it was just an experience. It was a, it was on it when you're on a yellow card, you just don't do that, and you can't really complain once he's on that yellow card that he got sent off for it um, because it wasn't it wasn't a brilliant tackle. But he, he's he's showing the willingness, and you, you know he really wants to you know fight fight for the team, and it's it's. Like 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 you say for some for someone who's not 
you know, he's not Miazga tall or anything. He's he's probably not even that tall in regards to many centre backs, really. But he he seems to win everything in the air. He's so so passionate. Did he get the captaincy after Miazga went off? Or I could have briefly, but we could see how disappointed he was when he yeah. Got no, yeah, uh, really? like, yeah, like like. Like you say, he, though he's 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 someone who I can see, you know, in in two three years or maybe once, you know, a few players move on if more leaves. I don't know if if if, if something like that develops, he's someone who you could look at and you could think he he is our captain, you know, and he's he's got so much potential, so much potential. But as we were saying, Matt, sorry, you got on, Alex. Um, yeah, I was going to say I would love to see McIntyre in and around the first eleven next season. The guy's got the guy's got just like the calmest head on mm. the ball, um, and yet it doesn't it doesn't detract from the fact that he's a very good defender as well. So I'd have absolutely no problem with if next if this summer we end up losing Miazga, we don't sign him. I wouldn't necessarily think we need to rush out and sign a centre back. I don't think there would be a massive need. You've still, as long as you keep Moore and Morrison, I don't really think there'll be a massive need. You'd still have Moore, you'd still have Morrison, you'd still have McIntyre. You bring through one of your one of your um, academy players or two of your academy players to play in like a, you know, in your League Cup and your FA Cup games, such as we have this season. And what like what would be the issue with McIntyre being first, second, third choice next season alongside Moore and Moore and, McIntyre, uh, Moore and Morrison is. Um, there's a yeah, there's a lot to like about Tom McIntyre, and I, I really do hope that he's you know in in and around the first eleven next season. Yeah, even towards absolutely. the end of this season, I think because now yeah. now, now Miazga's injured. I don't I know. I think some people are saying it's not as serious as it could seem, but you know, like I, it's 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 actually really close between between those two. I think anyway, who's almost that third choice centre back because like, but well because neither of them really puts a foot wrong and. It's, it's 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 a tough one. Almost who you'd almost pick as that number three towards the end of the season, not just for next season. But I think at the minute I would probably go with Miazga, just slightly more experience. But I, uh, I mean, you're, you're talking not a lot between them, as you say. Mm-hmm. And it's um, if you're going to be if you're going to be looking towards the future as well, then why wouldn't you be playing McIntyre where you can? Um, I think Miazga for Miazga. me with Edger just because he's got more of a leadership quality at the moment because he's a little bit more experienced. I actually, yeah, I, I think he, he should have that leadership quality, but he did struggle when he was captain against Blackpool in that home home FA Cup game and uh, slightly. No, that's a tough um, one though, isn't it? You yeah, know? I mean, we're talking one game. I'm not, you can't, I can't write him off as a leader and a captain of one game, obviously. But um, yeah, I, 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 I would like to see McIntyre become first choice or second choice centre back even if it's not at the end of this season once you know once once the season kind of ends and we're out of relegation and playoff contention potentially then that would make sense and if not then then hopefully over summer we kind of hear and see that McIntyre is being given that opportunity centre back pairing of Liam Moore and Tom McIntyre 
Yes, please. I am 100% down. That's so harsh on Morrison, though, isn't it? Because oh, I think he's been excellent. Yeah. He really he's, has been. He's but actually, I understand what you're saying. It's kind of like they kind of seem to have this brothership as well growing up as well, as you see on like social media and stuff. Mm. So someone I felt sorry for yesterday was Ben House. He comes on in the 73rd minute as a substitute, and then he's subbed off for no thought of his own because of the red card to Tom McIntyre in the 83rd minute. I mean, making a debut, that is not one to write home about. And he did nothing wrong. It was not... It's just, honestly, really honestly I'm not sure he touched the ball more than about twice, which is even yeah. worse for him, really. Um, uh, thank, uh, I say thankfully. For him, thankfully, there is a replay. I would be very surprised if he's not involved in the replay now. Um, you know, injuries pending, etc., etc. because... You can uh, you can probably see Bowen saying to him that he's going to get a chance again at Cardiff. Yeah, yeah, I know you should as well because that was a. I know it's not a charity situation or a testimonial, but that is a horrible way to be dealt your debut, isn't it, Matt? It really is. Uh, yeah, I, I I certainly think Tom McIntyre won't be on this year's Christmas card list. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not, definitely not. But somebody who should be is Samba. But that miss in the 82nd minute, one of the worst misses. I think it is the worst miss I've ever seen by an opposition player at the Medeski Stadium, Alex. I mean, we all thought goal. None of us thought anything else but that. It was almost impossible to miss. Yeah. How did he do it? I mean, I haven't watched the highlights back. He must be less than a metre from goal. Um, and I'm not really sure what he's trying to do. It looks like he's trying to head it into the corner. Not really sure why, because Walker is the other side of the goal on the floor, and there's no defender within two or three yards of him. There All is he has to do is defender on the line, but yeah, still. Yeah, but he's on the other side of the goal, yeah. and he's not getting to the ball because Bamba's so close to the goal. But that is literally the centre back's finish there. Um, the, between them, between the two card players there, who were both centre backs, I think it's rules and. Rules and Bamba, they've combined to bicycle kick it from one and a half yards out across the goal before then heading it wide from a yard out, um, which pretty much sums up Cardiff's finishing yesterday because they should have won that game with the amount of chances they had. Yeah, that's not the reaction moment you want when you've uh, had a chance to score from a metre out is laughter from about 10,000 people because <laughs> it was one of the highlights. Oh, well, I think I think everyone's still laughing now, just thinking about it. Just I am right crack. now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like it, it, I just like, like like Alex said, I just don't get what he's trying to do because the ball is at, at about almost just below waist height, and he tries to almost go down and header it, but he doesn't dive to head it. He he could have just bundled it in. He could have. Oh, it's, I'm not I'm not complaining in the slightest because it's even funnier because it's Sol Bande was their captain, so the <laughs> cult. A cult hero at Cardiff, I think, as well, um, Sol Bamba. So it just made it even, even I, more funnier. I do remember that after Jari did that trick against the team earlier in the season, I can't remember who it was against around when he spun round, and they all tried to replicate it in training the next day back on the Monday. I don't think the Cardiff players would be doing that one, or maybe they will be. Maybe they'll just be putting crosses into the box and just falling over. Uh, it's I, like he'd been shot when, or something. You would you wouldn't even be able to miss that again if you try. You you know you you'll probably try and miss it. You'll fall over and you'll like head it into the post and it will go in. Like <laughs> it's... amazing. But you got to give credit to that bat four that we ended up with. You've got uh, Omar Richards on the pitch there. 
you've got Teddy Howe, you've got Burley, and you've got Osho. And that is an incredibly young back four against a pretty experienced Cardiff team. Not, yeah. their, not their first team, but experienced. One, one thing that we were saying while we were watching yesterday was how Adam was probably going to come off. And then actually, as soon as you saw McIntyre get sent off with whatever, 10 minutes to go, roughly. Yeah. Um, and, and the house came back off. You can immediately see why Bowen had left him on, because Adam became like the the experienced head in the side who was trying to direct. He wasn't able to do it himself. No, like, you know, couldn't couldn't defend it himself. But he was definitely there trying to direct the defence um, and and give them a bit of guidance. I mean, Burley, uh, I think it was Burley. Yeah, Burley had some moments there in the last ten minutes, which were actually very encouraging. Um, his, his defending and just, just sh- um, shimmying the... I can't remember which Cardiff player it was, but he shimmied a Cardiff player basically out of the box or into, a, into a wide area when he was trying to control the ball in the area. And There, there were some encouraging moments in that last 10 minutes, for sure, from what is a very, very young defence. Must have less than, I don't know, less than 25 or 30 appearances between them, and Richards has got 85 or 90% of them. Well, I yeah. think I think we've we, we've talked about obviously Tom McIntyre as a great prospect. I think our defence or defenders in general are in such a good position going forwards. When you look at when you look at almost the future, you know Osho didn't. I think he went out on loan to to Yeovil for a month. They seem to absolutely love him. He's obviously I think he made his debut against Borough, wasn't it last year? The home game or it was I think it was anyway. Um, either that or Sheffield United. Um, he, and like like like. Like you say, they they you could tell they were inexperienced, but but they're like 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 they're they're proving that they as well could be brilliant players going forwards. I think or very very good players going forwards. But I think Charlie Adam though, I think it's I think we're almost starting to or appreciate what he's actually doing to the team. I think well, I think it, what he's doing to the team is going quite unnoticed as well. The experience he's bringing into the team and like like Alex said how he almost how he controlled, you know, brought a calmness to the back four. It's I'm 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 liking Adam more and more. The more I see him, the more I like him. He, he can he's I think he could end up almost becoming a fan's favorite by the end of the year as well. I think he's quite nearly there with the reaction he gets when he goes off uh, straight away. I mean, he assisted the goal. One thing that we noticed yesterday, and I've been noticing in the last few weeks, he's so much fitter mm-hmm. than when he was about six weeks ago. I mean, he did 90 minutes yesterday. And so, yeah, maybe he wasn't there for the last five, like getting up and down the pitch, but he was doing a job. But before, he was only lasting half an hour. Now it's fine. My only concern with Adam is it, I, I just don't, see what he does off the ball at all. Defensively, I think he's a little bit of a liability. Defensively, uh, yeah, but I think uh, the quality can break. So in, in games like, uh, maybe, yeah, in games like yesterday where you would hope that Reading are going to try and take the game to the opposition and, and dominate the ball a bit, I can understand why he plays. In games, for example, say against Millwall last week, he really struggled because the tempo is too quick. And if the tempo's too quick and we don't control the ball, he looks just like a complete passenger off the ball. Um, however talented he is on the ball, it's yeah, it worries me when he's... It worries me slightly because the game kind of just passes him by. 
and we we look like we've got ten men on the field if when we're off the ball sometimes. Would you? Yeah, would you well, first team in the team. We're out the same. It was helped by Elise coming in, wasn't it? And that was a big statement by um, Bowen, wasn't it? Saying that he's the future of the club yesterday. I mean, I love Michael Elise. I think he's a really good player, but that is quite, that is a real vote of confidence from the manager, isn't it, Matt? Oh, 100%. But it, 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 it almost goes back to the point that we spoke about Yaki Mate. You know, yesterday was a big game, big game for him because, you know, you've got this unbelievable talent in. In the least, they coming through, but I, I completely agree. Completely agree with Bowen, and I know he's probably trying to, you know, put put a bit of a arm around the shoulder a bit on Elise, give him the confidence to, you know, really see what he can now go and do in the next in the next few games. Like, I, I, it will probably get you know a, a a good you know three game run in the team. I reckon Elise, see see what see what he can do, and then take it take it from there. But I, I think he, he's going to just go from strength to strength, Elise. Yeah, I saw someone tweeted out the uh, program notes and saying that Liam Moore had said that he's been there. All the players, senior players, have been really pushing Michael Lise in training about not just the attacking part of his game, but also doing. I don't think those are his exact words, but basically defending. Um, you could see that non Forest he definitely improved. And Reading made a point of tweeting out something after that game, wouldn't they? Saying how we all know about Michael Lise going forward, but actually he can defend as well. So. That is good to see. One worry there is maybe slightly about the replay, apart from the fact that I don't really want to have the replay, is that all those loan players, will we, all those academy players now, will we be prepared to loan them out when we've got this match coming up? I don't know. It's a tricky one because there might be other clubs that want to get them in and have them there. But how many players are we going to left for that match against in the replay? It's not a huge part, but it's just a little part. But Bristol City is coming up on uh, next Tuesday. They are ninth in the league. They're fourth best away form team in the league. They are very good away. So at home, they're only four teams. So it's going to be a tough one. How do you think it's going to go, Alex? Um, yeah, Bristol City are going to be a tough game. They, they're top 10 side this season. And they're very streaky, though. Um, so in December, they lost four games in a row in the league. And now they're on a run of two league games won. They didn't play yesterday, obviously, because they got knocked out of the FA Cup to, to Shrewsbury in the, in the third round. So, yeah, they're just a very weird team, in all honesty. Um, I, I can't say I know that much about how Bristol City have been playing this season. Um, they, they started very well, but um, I would hope that we are going to line up very similar to how we've been lining up the last few games, keep the game very tight and... Uh, just see see what happens. Yeah, I would assume we're going to see eleven changes again. Probably, you never never quite sure. Probably go back to essentially the team that we saw against Nottingham Forest. Don't you think, uh, Matt? Oh yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd be maybe maybe a, a change from from the team that played against Nottingham Forest, but it's going to be pretty much pretty much the same. It'd be interesting to see how he starts looking at obviously the striking situation with with Bulldog and Puskas. But I wouldn't be surprised to see um to see Bowen keep keep Puskas up top I, I would be surprised to see him bring in bring in Bulldog as well but but I mean Bristol City are a strange a strange team I think to play because like like, like Alex said they're very they're very streaky their fans almost seem to have a love-hate relationship with Lee Johnson as well their manager um but but like like you can't under can't underestimate them with with them being fourth in the in the way table I think the, uh, the the two players that we're probably going to have to watch out for are going to be Jeju up front. 
he got that really easy header against us at Ashton Gate earlier in the season, um, where he kind of just ghosted in between three centre backs and and scored with scored with a header from twelve yards. Um, and then the the right winger Eliasson as well, who's played really well this season. I think he scored maybe five six goals so far. He's on a number of a decent number of assists as well. He's um, got ten, ten assists. Ten assists. Yeah, yeah that's serious. So, Numbers. Those, those would be the two two players that I would definitely be most concerned about for for Tuesday night. Um, so Blackett's going to have his hands full. Blackett is going to have his hands full, um, as is Moore and Morrison. So I would hope that Morrison is going to be kind of tasked with watch Jeju basically just make sure he doesn't win enough in the air to to put something past Raphael. What is your score prediction, Matt? Um. I'm still feeling I'm still feeling quite confident to be honest. Um, I, I think there's 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 a lot to be to be positive about. I could I'm gonna I'm gonna go two nil. Two nil. Okay. It, risk it and say two nil. <laughs> Alex, what are you gonna say? Um, I am gonna say one nil Reading. I think. Um, but I think it will be a tough game, and it wouldn't surprise me if we end up drawing. How many games will that be in a row with one, one, and three? Yeah, it's our favourite, isn't it? Now it's yeah, before. It would not it? surprise me in any way if we draw one, one, yeah, once again. Yeah, it will be three. You're right. No, I'm going to go for a two-one win. Uh, more on hope, and I'm going to. Oh, I'm not going to say Bussis is going to score the winner in the last minute and then run out the stadium and then we never see him again. That, but you know it would be amazing wouldn't it if we got that moment not him never coming back again that's just like this weird world but um, I'm gonna say 2-1 yeah I'm confident that we can beat Bristol City uh, at home our records massively improved under Bowen I don't think there's anything there to be hugely massively worried about are they better than Forrest probably not we've also beaten Fulham I know that was a way we've done well against Preston when they were high up the table I think we're going to be uh, okay. And even in the Leeds match, when we played them, we were really unlucky to lose that match. So I think we can get a result. What we will be having is the fanzine coming out on Thursday. So uh, remember to keep an eye out for that one. They'll have uh, loads of articles from now, from the past, in the future, all kinds of stuff going on in there. So uh, keep an eye for that on the site, on our Facebook and our Instagram. And thanks for listening. We will be back on Wednesday night after the Bristol City match, hopefully talking about another win. So cheers. Thanks. Bye.